Welcome to the Doc G Show, a radio show cluster. F- Without further ado, critics have said he has the face for radio and a voice for silent films. Your host, Ben Doc G Gordon. And we are on the air. Welcome to the Doc G Show. I'm your host, Doc G. With me, as always, the one, the only, Dave Burles, Berlin. Happy Hump Day. Mm. Word. Welcome back, everybody. Mm. Word. Yes, indeed, man. Dave, Dave, we got to talk about something, and i got to talk about it before we get to rip from the headlines, even though it's headlines. Say what? Uh-oh. Um, you know I'm a consumer of news, Dave. All the news. That you are. Serious news. Everything. Not serious. The stuff that Fake we bring news. to this show that's completely mm. not really news at all. But. That's a fact. Mm-hmm. We've got to talk about some news, Dave. Uh, this, to me, is even dumber than our normal news uh in That's already headlines. pretty dumb. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So this is from uh, wow. the Washington Post. Uh, so okay. here's the headline. Yeah. Yeah. A, a, a good source of a information. Source. Yeah. So here's the headline: Compel- compelling new evidence that your cat might eat your corpse. Hmm. Oh God. Dave, let me start by saying this is really f- stupid. This is this is dumb. This is real dumb, Dave. So the catalyst, and pun intended, there for this article, right? Uh, the the catalyst for this article was apparently there was a forensic investigation research station hmm. where apparently mm-hmm. they have enough dead bodies hanging around to check and see what cats will do with a dead body. Word. Weird. <laughs> Uh, it seems uh, so. You know, they they lay these uh, they they lay these dead bodies around, and they decompose, and they see what happens to them, so they can you know make better judgment calls in forensic situations. But I mean, it seems like if you have enough just to throw around, maybe there should be a little bit more going to med schools. I'll just say that just just in a thought of my own there. But um, definitely. <laughs> But anyways, so they have these dead bodies laying around, and they decompose. And Mm -hmm. uh, there's a landfill right beside the research station, right? And in Mm -hmm. the landfill, there are feral cats, right? Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. some of the cats came over, and in their video research, they saw these cats come over the fence and uh, start eating some of the dead bodies. And they were like... Yep, if you died, your cat would eat you. Wait, what? And they wrote a horror article about it. So, uh, oh my gosh. Let me let me reiterate my first statement, Dave. This is really f-ing stupid on so many levels. This isn't dumb on like one or two levels. This is dumb on multiple levels. First of all, let me ask: What are we expecting a cat to do? If it finds itself starving, locked in a house with a dead body. Like, what? what is that cat going to do? Is that cat supposed to be like, hmm, I'm going to have to write a memoir about our time together. 
And then I'm going to have to take a cyanide capsule in the name of this human because I was his cat. Nope. No, of course he's not going to do that. He's going to eat the human. That cat is going to town. It's a cat. Like, I would expect the cat to eat me. I would actually expect less of the cat if it didn't eat me. That's a fact. I mean, are, are we supposed are we supposed to expect less out of a cat than we are the Donner Party? Like, people ate each other when times got bad. This is a cat, and this cat is eating a dead person. Like, come on. Let's turn the tables, Dave. Would a person eat a dead cat? Hmm. I'm guessing most people in the world would. I'm guessing if you gave I, Americans about a day, they'd eat a live cat. They'd accidentally, quote unquote, kill the cat and be like, oh no, I'm going to have to eat it now. Oh, that's horrible. Wait, what? Like, come oh, on. Man. Come uh, on. I mean, yeah, you're right, but gross. We're expecting the cat to do the honorable thing, do the noble thing. Like, nay, he was my master. We had some lovely times together, chasing string, batting <laughs> feathers till the wee hours of the morning. I couldn't possibly eat this man I cherish. No. Word. Come on. It's ridiculous. Plus, not to get too scientific, Dave, but the cats in the situation in this forensic investigation research, they were feral cats in an overpopulated situation. That's a fact. The, the, they were raised as scavengers in a landfill. Animals do crazy things right. when they become overpopulated. The Paku... Sure is a typically a vegetarian-based fish, but when they get too populated in areas, they turn to meat, even biting humans, Dave. So yeah. true. Yeah. Mm. Come on. Lastly, out of all the things, all the things we have going on in 2020, this this made this made the Washington Post. Word. Hey, cat was eating that's, a dead body. <laughs> Just want you to know that. Uh, like, come on. That's the worst part. <laughs> <laughs> and He's not only that, better. but it's in the top five of their articles, Dave. Wow. Not only oh, that, God. but the people were like, you know what? Let's choose this. This seems more important. I need to know about this cat. That's a fact. Let's just chalk it up, Dave. If you plan on dying around your cat, leave an open bag of cat food somewhere around your body, and then you won't have to worry about it, you know? Let's just, hmm. or, or don't die. How about that? Or just don't die. Just don't do go. that. Dave, as long... I, I will promise you something right now. As long as you leave a gift card for Fuddruckers on your body or a bag of Doritos, I promise not to eat you, okay? So true. Deal. All right. right that goes back to you, too. Uh, uh, yes. I've got the gift card on me right now. I've always got one. Are you ready to fire it up? <laughs> Let's fire it up. Five. All three engines up and burning. Two, one, zero, and lift off. Okay, Dave. Great show. Goodbye, June. On the show. Can't wait. Fantastic Ooh. band. But first, we obviously have to start where we start. Birthday suit. Let's go. Happy birthday, Mr. President. Dave, this is a good one. Yes. We talk about this person from time to time. Okay. Mm-hmm. Born on January 22nd, 1968 in Columbus, Ohio. Our birthday suit wears family soon moved to Ferndale, California. Mm. During elementary school, he started selling pretzels from his awesome pretzel cart. And then, a little later, during high school, our birthday suit wearer took part in a foreign exchange student program where he went to France 
That's where he really got his interest in food and cooking. Sweet. Then, a birthday suit wearer went to college at the University of Nevada, where he got a degree in hotel management. Right mm. after school, he became a manager, and in just three years, he was managing six restaurants and doing all the recruiting and tra- training for the restaurants. That's a busy man right there. Jeez. Yeah, for sure. In 2006, our birthday suit wearer participated in the show The New Food Network Star and won the competition. 2007, he started a show known as Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives. Name that birthday suit uh, wearer. Our guy, Guy Fieri. That is correct. Mr. Guy Fieri. Yes, indeed. Love his show. That's right. Love getting to know about him. those places, man. I didn't know he was a um, Food Network star. Yeah, that's what he did, man. That was I. I don't know if it was like the first. Well, like I didn't know the show. Like that's how he became famous. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it was like maybe the first year they did it. I think mm-hmm. something like that. It was. It was very new when he started it. I know that. I definitely. I definitely knew that. Yeah, and I also knew about his pretzel cart because he talked about it a couple times on Diners, Drive-ins, and Dives. Sweet. Uh, hmm. Yeah, he talked about because he started a. He started a charity for like uh kids that needed you know needed help he set them up with right. their own pretzel cart and they oh yeah and they went out and got their that's pretzel our guy on. you know he is he's our guy he's a he's fantastically positive and he gives me all kinds of great fat ideas for all of my trips Whenever I go on, <laughs> that's the first thing I do. Like, whenever I go on a trip, I'm like, all right, see if Guy's been to this place. See what do we have here. Oh, you yeah. Know? He's got to give it the stamp of approval. Then I check it off. And let me tell you, he hasn't really steered me wrong on many. There was one, I'm not going to mention the name because I don't want to call him out. There's one place that he went in Indianapolis. It wasn't so great. Nope. I'll go ahead and say that. It didn't, it didn't the, win me. I got to take you to the place, one of the places he's been to in Jacksonville. Yeah, what, what um, place? It was a sandwich place. Blue Boy Sandwich Shop. Oh, I can't believe I didn't Freaking go. Freaking phenomenal. Live in Jacksonville know, this, all this time, and I haven't been? That's crazy. We got to go. Yes! We got to go. I got to take you. I don't even know why. Girl, come what, on. What is wrong with me? Why haven't I looked up all the places in Jacksonville? What is? Yeah, we're, we're slacking. We're slacking. nuts. 52. 52, that guy Fieri. There he is. Hey, looking good. Looking good. It's the the blonde <laughs> brown hair combo. You have no idea <laughs> how old he is because it's always been there. It's always been there. Uh right. <laughs> all right, Dave, are you ready? It's time to rip some headlines. Let's rip it. It's now time for Rip from the Headlines. Okay. Um Dave. Have you bought any furniture lately? Hmm. Yeah, man, I bought a uh, sectional couch. Ooh, <laughs> nice, nice. I, yeah, I, I'm d- fancy. I, I did the same thing. I, you know, it was a little while ago. Pretty easy operation. I got it from Rooms to Go. Where'd you get yours? Um, I almost got it from Rooms to Go, also, but I got it from a mom and pop. Okay, nice. Did they nice. deliver it? Yeah. They did deliver. Nice. Set it up, hands-free, didn't have to do anything? Hmm. Dude, I literally, like, yeah, opened the door for the guy, and that was it. Nice. Was all, well, guys, uh, and so easy. Did you, did you tip him? Hmm. 
Yeah, you have to tip. Okay, them. I just I just making sure. Just wanted to make sure we were following the same protocol. Me, though, you I'm, know? I'm from the service industry, so yeah. I tip everyone if they ever do something for me. Yeah. Yeah. And it's really bad too. Like actually in that case, I really over tipped the dudes. Word. Because mm-hmm. I realized I didn't have any smaller bills. And I was just like, Yeah. Mm, all right, here you go. What'd yeah. you what'd you give them? It was fifty. It was it was, oh, it was yeah, 50. Okay. <laughs> it was, yeah. it was, it was pretty. They did have to set up a couple other things though, so they were there a little bit because they had to set up some tables. So, you okay, know, you know, I mean, it, yeah, our sectional came in like two pieces, so they they took one, they took two, and they like brought the pillows from the box. Nice, <laughs> so nice. I, we threw them a twenty. Each guy got ten bucks, and hey, they were yeah. at our house for. I don't know, five to ten minutes, you know? Good work. Good work for them. Yeah. Um, well, exactly. I did not get my couch, nor did you, uh, at the uh, Habitat for Humanity Restore, like my man Kirby oh. from this uh, the story did. Curb. No. So Kirby from Michigan, uh, he did this a couple weeks ago. He bought an entire furniture set for $70. Kind of a sweet deal, oh. you know? Very sweet. That's the kind of deal you get at Habitat for Humanity Restore. Well, that's right. After a week or so, he started to notice cushion felt a little bit off. Right? Felt a little bit weird. Um, so eventually, he was like, "You know what? I gotta gotta check this out." He tried to rearrange it. You know, didn't feel any better. Finally, he's like, "I'm just gonna open it up. Maybe I can like switch the cushioning or something." You know? So he oh. opened the cushion. And found a box that contained $43,170 in it. Uh, I was going to say drugs. Nope. No. <laughs> Might be drug money. That's a fact. But 40... Yeah, drug money. So Kirby started thinking, as soon as he saw this, all the stuff he could afford with this cash. Like fixing his roof. That was one of the things he thought. Wait, what? Yeah, no, fixing the roof wouldn't be on most people's starting. Like, hey, you know what? We got all this cash. Let's get up there. Put some shingles on. Let's get that, Am I right? that new roof we've always wanted. Am I right? It's tin. Looks nice. Mmm. Kirby, that's, that's who thought of that. Well, Kirby, uh, he started thinking about all these things that he could afford. And then he said he felt his faith call on him to do the right thing. What? And try to return the money to the family who donated the couch. He said, quote, the Holy Spirit just came over me and said, no. No, no. That's not really yours. Jeez. So, Kirby went back to the store, got the manager. They got in contact with the family who donated the couch, who said apparently their grandfather who originally owned the couch must have put the money in there word and Mm -hmm. they gave the money back to the family and uh kirby's out forty three thousand one hundred seventy dollars in although he could have legally kept that money now first i have to say dave good on kirby i mean wow that's a stand-up move now now that i've said that sure let me put the counter argument to that um first of all if that granddad was stuffing money in a cushion was he really honestly earning that money? Nope. Come on. Come on, Dave. Yeah. Have you have you ever well, seen a person... That's the thing is, like, what if Kirby would have kept it and it would have turned into, like, some Breaking Bad situation? Now you got 
the cartel or the mafia mm. coming after you mm. for 50 grand. That's true. But, like, I mean, I'm just saying, you know, the Holy, the Holy Spirit was calling him about it. I, mean, I, did, I would talk back to the Holy Spirit and be like, hey, did it really come from a, a, a good place, Holy Spirit? Really? Because, like... What? When I'm, did you give me 50 grand, Holy Spirit? I mean, because I've never seen a person that's honestly earned money from a job and then stuffed it in a cushion and told nobody about it. Nope. I mean, I'm just saying. That's <laughs> right. not usually what happens. Like, if Kirby comes across $50,000 from a drug dealer, is he going to hunt the drug dealer down and be like, here, this is your money. You deserve it, drug dealer. Here you go. I mean, you know. For all we know, Granddad put that money in the couch because he was hiding it from his family because he was worried they were going to steal it. And then Kirby just goes ahead and gives it back to him because that greedy family wanted it. I mean, I'm just saying. But Kirby, good for you, man. Keeping it real. Like it. Like it. Good job, Kirby. Uh, Dave. Good job. Sort of. Yeah. <laughs> sort of. Uh, Dave, have you ever heard of the Talisker Whiskey Atlantic Challenge? Hmm. No, but I am interested. Okay, it doesn't actually have to do with, like, booze. Sorry. Whiskey? No. Oh. Uh, it, it's, you knew that's what I cared about, though. <laughs> it challenges teams of rowers to see how fast they can cross the Atlantic Ocean. Yeah. Hmm, from where? From the Canary Islands to Antigua. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Interesting. So the record for this challenge was 41 days. Pretty impressive. Good God. Yeah, pretty impressive. 41 days. Sounds awful. But enter the McLean brothers from Scotland. These three brothers just completed the challenge in 30 five days shattered that record shattered it dang five weeks 20 percent better five Five weeks weeks. crazy just on a on a like a kayak or canoe well no it's like you know i mean they get a pretty specialized rowing boat you know for for long seas work it look it looks sort of fancy but you know it's got like a split Still, design and but yeah they like sleep on that thing too oh yeah oh yeah the brothers the brothers the started heck? in the canary islands on december 12th and finished in antigua 35 days later wow uh the brother said it was especially difficult for the last 20 days because their electrical cables went out on the boat so they didn't have any music podcast or anything else uh but they said don't worry they kept each other entertained with a bagpipe a harmonica and a ukulele wait what what the heck how are they doing this (laughs) i'm gonna be honest dave that's they're taking turns that's the worst combination of instruments ever that's a fact they could have only made like Hey guys, are you bored with your rowing? Don't worry, I'm gonna do a little bagpipe and really get you in the mood for these next couple of hours. <laughs> It'll really crank it up. Oh Jesus! How many episodes of the Doc G Show you think they listened to? They could have. Well, I mean, if, if those last twenty days, they probably could have got through all. Yeah, they could have easily got through all of them. They would actually had to space it out a little bit, you know. Like every yeah. other hour, they could have been like, "All right, here comes another one. Get ready to have that'd your have socks been, blown that'd off." Have been 
a little bit better than bagpipes. Maybe. Some people might say we are slightly better than the sound of bagpipes. Nope. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, regardless, Dave, it is good. The brothers did raise $300,000 for charity. So very... Damn boys. Yeah. There you go. Kudos. Kudos to Brothers McLean from Scotland. Shout, shout uh, to them. Dave, this next story from Fox Channel 10 in Phoenix. Uh, Dave, you, my my friend, are very well uh, aware that some people have disabilities in this world. And they have to work to overcome them. Uh, s- sometimes it's, it's the small things that are the toughest to overcome. And uh, I think this next story highlights that. Dave, this past week, a deaf man in Phoenix... Uh, he filed a lawsuit, and uh, he fi- he filed a lawsuit against the porn site Pornhub. What? Because oh, I saw this. Because they posted about it. There is a lack of closed captioning. No subtitles. And there's no subtitles on those videos, and Dave he was not happy about it. I mean, no, that, that's a guy who really wants to listen to the storyline and that's, understand. That's what I was about to say, Dave. I mean, everyone always says no one cares about the plots in pornography. Well, this guy does. All right. So true. He wants to know how the plot develops. Okay. He is interested. That's right. He does not just care about the videography. He is interested in those plot lines. Good he for him. He cares about the whole motion picture. Good for him. Dave, are you ready for just a headline? Yes. Okay, here we go. This is from the Daily Star. Daily Star. Uh, quote, from Texas. Terrified residents flee homes as crazed gang of 400 monkeys raid village. Word. End quote. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, yeah. my God. Yeah. It's in India, Dave. It was in India, and apparently uh, these monkeys... They've uh, they've they've got a taste for the villagers' uh, uh, produce, mm. and uh, they get they get pretty ornery when they want their produce, Dave. Some people can't take it. Nope. And they like they apparently uh, if you like leave your door cracked, they'll just push the mm-hmm. door open, and they'll like if you're cooking something in a pot, ramsack your house. Well, like if you're cooking something in a pot, they'll just pick up the pot. And take it off, like, all right, this looks good. I'll see you later. And just takes your whole pot of food. Yeah. And then they burn themselves. Nah. It reminds me of, like, Jumanji, like, when the animals are, like, (laughs) running through the town. That's it. That's it. All monkeys. All monkeys. Uh, Dave, this next story from thenewsherald.com. Newsherald.com. Okay. Uh, Dave, uh, you remember the story from last week where the lady was working for the, uh, quote, FBI, CIA? Turns mm-hmm. out that yep. she had just taken she, her car. She didn't. Nope. Yeah, just taken yep. her car from the dealership for a test drive and never returned it. Mm-hmm. Apparently, that's a popular thing to do. Hmm. Uh, oh, here we go. <laughs> yeah. Is this past week, a uh, lady in Detroit did a similar thing there. Word. Uh, so, police officer on patrol noticed her car had a yellow registration tab. Officer couldn't find any record of the car, so he pulled it over. Officer asked for all of her information, and after he did, she told the officer, "Oh, no, yeah, I'm just, I'm just test driving this car." 
Word. And uh, the officer says, oh, okay. How long uh, How long have you been test driving it? She said, a um, couple of months. Hmm. <laughs> she, she then handed the officer the title of the car, which... What? Wait, what? How'd she get that? How did she have a title? Yeah, I don't know. It's in the story. I was a little confused by that. And then her driver's license. And when he ran the driver's license, he found that she had nine, nine current suspension uh, suspensions on her license. Jeez. And that's impressive. Yeah. And two driving with a suspended license convictions in the past seven years. Uh I got. I gotta say, Dave. Uh, did she think the cop was gonna let her go after the comment of test driving it for a couple of months? Like, she yeah, she was in the clear, dude. Like, did she think he was gonna be like, oh, you got at least oh, a, my bad. You yeah, got at least a year or two more on that test drive. I mean, like, <laughs> get on out there. And if you have nine current suspensions, hmm. like. Is it even? Why aren't you doing exactly what the law says? Like, well, if the speed limit's forty, you should be doing thirty-five. Well, and like, but like, is it even necessary at that point? Like, once they pull you over, to even come up with an excuse? Nope. Like at that point, no. just be no. like, yeah. So, hmm. can I start working this on a car plea? Stolen. Can I start working on a plea bargain now? What do we have? Can I? Can, is there something I can do? Can I narc on somebody? Word. Can we do some of that? Um, Dave, this next... Is there anything I can do for you, officer? Yeah. <laughs> nope. Get, get some bribery <laughs> charges on there while you're at it. Um, Dave, this next story is from the New York Daily News. Dave, you ever, right. have you ever been to uh, Mexico City? Um... I think I flew in. No, I didn't fly into Mexico City. Nope, I've never been. It's all right. Neither have I. I haven't been there. Nope. Um, It's a very large city, you know? Uh, Well, they've got a pretty extensive subway system. So true. Uh, You know, to get Mm. down to uh, the subways, you have to take escalators. And there are actually a lot of escalators over the whole system, 467 to be exact. Mm. Well, it's sort of common... And it's a sort of known thing around the community that these escalators break down. And they uh, typically blame the metro authorities, you know? They're like, Yeah. It broke down again. Well, Dave, this weekend, the metro... Like McDonald's and their ice cream machine. Exactly. We all know. If you're going to 1030, you better not be asking for a McFlurry. It's not happening. Nope. It's broken. That's a fact. Well, this weekend... (laughs) The Metro officials came out and let everybody know it's not their fault. And they let Mm. people know what the actual reason for most of the breakdowns were. The Metro authorities say it's due to copious amounts of pee. Hmm. Yep. Pee. Yep. Urine. Yep. Last week, the Metro system released a list of all possible causes of escalator breakdown and corrosion due to urine was at the top of that list. Word. Um, oh my gosh. When reached for comment, assistant manager Furman Ramirez said, uh, when we open up escalators for maintenance, there's always urine. Ew. <laughs> Which, that's, that's, a, that's a real endorsement to start using some latex gloves when you're working on those things. So hey. true. 
just so you know, new guy, there's going to be urine down here. So when you open this just, up. <laughs> it's going to really get a big whiff of urine when you open this thing up. Yes! Now, the article followed that up by saying most stations have no public bathrooms. Hmm. Then... The article then says the city plans to replace about 55 escalators over the next two years. Now, call me crazy, Dave, but don't a couple of public bathrooms sound like a good idea? Yes! Maybe... Dude. Maybe... Man, ma- maybe you are smart. Maybe, <laughs> maybe like, you know, 10 escalators, replace those, and then get like 20 public bathrooms. I mean... I always find that I pee less in the street if I can find a bathroom. So true. It's it's definitely a correlation, Dave. It's there's a science. There's a strong core. It's not and causation, not just correlation, but causation is there. I'm just saying, just saying. Uh, Dave, this next story from our favorite JapanToday.com. Sweet. We love ah, yes. to learn about the land of the rising sun. Dave, have you ever heard of uh, Yusaku? Uh, uh, Meizawa. Yusaku Meizawa. Well, Meizawa, he made some news back in the day because he was uh, the first private passenger. He's the first private passenger set to go on uh, Elon Musk's SpaceX. Hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Side note, he's a billionaire. Uh, he sold Ooh. his online fashion business, Zozo Inc., last year. And... Uh, oh. He's looking for a girlfriend, Dave. Word. So, oh. a Bima TV has created a show that helps M- Mezawa look for a girlfriend. Yeah. Right now, oh. just right now, there have been mm-hmm. 20,000 applicants. Applicants? Yes. That's impressive. Yes. Now, the interesting thing to me, Dave is that in the headline of this news article, it says Japanese billionaire uh, girlfriend applicants top 20,000. But in the article, it says, quote, on his search for a life partner to take on his moon voyage, end quote. Hmm. I'm just saying, Dave, it sounds like it's still open for me and you to apply. That's right. Life partner. I think we're in, Dave. I think... Yeah, we don't... Exactly. We can bring something interesting to the table, Dave. We can bring something interesting to the table. I can... We can We can show him evidence of the show and be like, listen, you can listen to this all the way to your, the moon. Sweet. What do you think? Huh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Although, I gotta be honest, I don't really want to go to the moon. Nope. I'm not too interested in that, actually. I mean... No, I, I don't want to leave Earth. No. Not until they make it a lot better, you know? I don't... I mean, what was that movie with Matthew McConaughey where it was all risky and he, like, went to Mars or whatever? That looks scary. I don't want to be a part of that. Nope. I'm not I interested. I it was just called Mars. Yeah. No. I'm not interested in was it, Dave. Maybe? I don't know. No red planet for me. No moon When either. he had to, like, grow the plants on the, uh, on the ship? Yeah. Yeah. That one. I'm not interested. Mm. Last story, uh, Dave. This next story is from ABC. Hmm. The former chair of engineering at Drexel University, a little bit of hot water, Dave. And by hot water, I mean a lot of hot water, actually. Uh, Apparently, he took $185,000 of grant money and uh, spent it on non-academic-related purchases. Wait, what? 
Yeah. Uh, yeah, so it says he used the what funds. Did he buy? Well, so he said he uses the funds to visit, quote, uh, area adult entertainment venues, sports bars, mm. meals, and wait for it, iTunes purchases. Oh no. <laughs> it gets it gets a little bit more itemized later down in the article and it says he spent $96,000 on adult entertainment and sports bars and $89,000 towards iTunes and meals. Dave, how many songs and movies can you get from iTunes? I mean, Dude, that's what I'm saying like even if you watch a movie a day and download a thousand songs, like you're still not even close to that number. <laughs> I, I feel like somebody had to know something was up when, like, they went to his his lab and they were like, "What's what are you playing in here?" And he's like, "Oh, it's a deep cut, Miles Davis. I got every single one of his albums ever. That's a fact. Every single one. Every one ever made." I mean, jeez, Dave, eighty-nine thousand. I'm hoping most of that was going towards food. I'm just saying. That's a fact. Just saying. I'm hoping he's eating fillet and lobster every night. Dave, we're gonna take a break. We are gonna hear from our guest. Goodbye, June. This is off of their newest album. We're gonna talk to Tyler about it. Secrets of the Sunset. We will be right back on the Doc G Show.
And we are back yeah. here on the Doc G Show. Spinnaker Radio, WSKRLP 95.5 FM in Jacksonville, Florida. Dave? Guys, go download the podcast. If you're not already doing it, because you could be listening to us from the website, www.thedocgshow.com. Mm-hmm. You could be listening to us from almost any app you can think of. So go download it. Give us a five-star rating, comment on something, mm-hmm. and interact with us. Follow us on Instagram. Like it. I don't, what's the Instagram? At Doc G Do- Show? Doc G Show. That's it. Yeah. There you go. Simple. Simple. We keep most everything on the even kill, Doc G Show. That's about it, you know? That's, that's it. Word. We like We like you guys to to follow along. That's what we want. We want you guys to follow along, and we will Be shout part you of it out with us. if you follow we shout along. Out the of you, what? Yeah, what? Okay, what? we do. <laughs> <laughs> sure, sure, we do. Word. Speaking of shoutouts, Dave, I haven't heard anything uh, in a while from our radio's program director. You know, hmm. uh, that means we're doing good. I don't know. Either that or we're doing really bad. I think we might need to spot check her work, Dave. So if she doesn't call us out, like, you know, like, you know, emails me and says, hey, I got the show next time, you know, um, I think every single sentence, uh, at next show, every single sentence will be a curse word starting the, Wait, the show. What? I'm kidding, Emma. It won't happen. I'm kidding. I kid. Shout out to Emma. Shout out. Shout out to Emma. Um, Shout out to Emma. Uh, Dave, let's get some regulars. Let's get some regulars in here. Time for some shout-outs. Give them to me. Give them to me. Okay. Jacksonville. Duval. Shout-out. There we go. Shout-out. Columbia, South Carolina. There you go. Shout-out. Gainesville, Florida. Shout-out. Shout-out. Charlotte, North Carolina. Shout-out. Shout-out. Dublin, Ireland. They have came onto the scene and they have become Uh-oh. fanatics, and it, and it makes me happy. They just jumped on, and every single week I can count on the, the Dublin force. I like it. Uh, Genoa, Italy, shout out. They've been there forever, Dave. You know. Shout out. Ashburn, Virginia, shout out. Virginia, Doc G lovers, Dave. You made it. You know it. Shout I did. Out. Charleston, South Carolina. Shout out. Love those guys. Shout Maputo, out. Mozambique. Love them the most. Citrus Heights, California. Shout out. Shout Kenner, out. Louisiana. Shout out. Shout Lastly, out. I bumped them up because they've been regulars enough. Mountain View, California. Shout out. Shout out. Yeah. Yeah, another CA A lot of connection. regulars. Yeah, we got a lot of regulars. They 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 stay in there and they make me happy. They make me keep going, Dave. That's a fact. They make it exactly. worthwhile. Okay, semi regulars. Got one that's that's came on the board that makes me happy because we haven't had a lot of listens up till now in this area. Houston, Texas. Shout out. Shout out. Shout out. Ooh. Yeah. Fort Lauderdale, shout out. Shout out. Miami, Sister City, shout out. Shout out. Orlando, shout out. Shout out. Milton, Florida, shout out. A lot shout of out. in states, Dave. A lot of in states. We like it. Sumter, South Carolina, shout out. shout out. Gilbert, South Carolina, shout out. Shout and out. lastly, Greenwich, United Kingdom, shout out. Shout out. Okay. Dave, it's my favorite part of shout-outs. 
Yes, sir, the, newcomers. the newcomers. Here we go. First one, Dave. First one. Hamilton, Alabama. Shout out. Hamilton, Alabama. Uh, okay. Dave, Welcome. Hamilton, named after Captain Albert James Hamilton. Yeah. Mm. Who represented the country, uh, the county in the state legislation. That's right. I did it this time. Not just a surface research. Nope. Thank you. I appreciate and, that. And this captain for the uh, Confederacy. Word. So not mm. probably... <laughs> not probably the best. The original name of the, no. the, 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 the city was Tollgate. So, I mean, you know, Tollgate sounds like a pretty good thing. It rhymes with Colgate. Yeah. So, yeah, that's a fact. That's a good toothpaste. There you go, guys. Just saying. Yeah, we love Colgate. All right, Dave. Your people next. Parsippany, New Jersey. Parsippany. Shout out to my New Jerseyans. Shout out. Parsippany made it in Money Magazine as best places to live in the United States. Word. Parsippany, New Jersey. That's right. Parsippany, New Jersey. 2018, it was number 18. They cite it as uh, being that high because of the arts and leisure. Mm. That's why. Arts oh, and leisure. Yeah. yeah. Leisure? What is leisure? Leisure. Some people say leisure. Oh, you're you're yeah. just being fancy. That's right. Yeah. Uh, last one. Here we go. I think you say it Groton. Groton, Massachusetts. Hmm. It might be Groton. G-R-O-T-O-N. Groton. I'm not sure. Would you, would you say Groton? I'm going to say Groton. Tell us if we're right. Groton, Groton folks, out. tell us if we're right. Dave, Groton has over 100 miles of nature and bike trails. Yeah. Mm, yeah, like very that. nice. Yeah. Just about 25 miles northwest of Boston, Dave. Sweet. For a small, okay. for a small place... There's pretty lo a long list of prominent folks from Groton, too. That's right. Shabazz really? Napier. Yeah, Shabazz okay. Napier, the basketball player. Yep. Steve Karnacki from MSNBC. He's on there all the time. Jay Giles from the Jay Giles Band. He's in there. Uh, Lydia Longley, known as America's first nun. Word. Yeah, the first oh. nun. Groton, Mass. Wow. Yeah. Thanks, Groton Mass, and thanks for everybody else that has Thank listened. Thank you, guys. Shout out to everybody. Uh, Dave, are you ready? all of you. Second birthday. Of course soon. I'm ready. Oh, Let's yes. Go. And that's it. That's it. Uh, this one. What? It's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. Uh, I would have had confidence with Justin on this one. This is more his wheelhouse. But here we go. Uh, January 22nd, 1990, Rockville, Maryland. He was born with the name Sir Robert Bryson Hall. That's his real name. Jeez. Dang. Sir Robert Bryson Hall. I did not know this. Sir he grew, Robert Bryson Hall. He grew up with a bad home life. Both parents experienced substance abuse problems. Uh, he started high school at Gathers, Gathersburg High School, but dropped out in 10th grade. A little bit before he dropped out, he met Solomon Taylor, who became his music mentor. Hmm. In 2009, our birthday suit wearer released his first mixtape, which became pretty popular, and allowed him to open for uh, groups and rappers like Method Man, Ludacris, Pitbull, and many others. Not long after that, he signed a record deal with Visionary Music Group. 
He released another mixtape titled Young Sinatra in 2011. Hmm. Oh, I know Young Sinatra. Huh? Logic. Huh? Logic. Yeah. I, nice. Go. Nicely done, Dave. You have surprised me. Good job. Nicely yes. done. 2013, our birthday suit wear signed with Def Jam. His first album, Under Pressure, was released in 2014. 2015, our birthday suit rare uh, released his second album, The Incredible True Story. In 2017, he released his album, Everybody, which garnered a lot of attention for its song, 1-800-273-8255, which is the number for the National Suicide Prevention Hotline. His most recent release was this past year with Confessions of a Dangerous Mind. Logic. Yes. Boom. Happy birthday. 20. Tur- oh, I guess he's turned 30. 30. Jeez. 30. Dang. Yeah, it's a big one for Logic. Big one. Oh, yeah. Yeah, exciting. I like some of his jams. I, I, won't, uh, I won't say I celebrate his whole catalog. Word. But I like mm-hmm. a lot of his jams. He's a good he, rapper. He's that type of rapper that you like. He's like... Um, very smart with it. He's very mentally like. Well, it's not just y- like you sort of have to be. You have to be when your name's Logic. That's a fact. you know. Yeah. You can't have that's really a, dumb lyrics if your name's Logic. You know that'd be be quite an oxymoron there. Okay, Dave. It's time to move on to one of my new favorite segments. Interesting mm-hmm. point, or who cares? There we go, Dave. As you know. Listeners, most listeners know, maybe new listeners don't. I give you an interesting point. You tell me, interesting point, I want to hear more, or who the cares and we move on. Here we go, Dave. First point. If you're 47 years old, you're obviously sad. Hmm. Um, interesting point. All right. All right. So David Blanchower... He did a study to look at the relationship between unhappiness and age based on nearly 10 million people across Europe and the United States. Say what? He used 15 different measures of unhappiness. After taking several variables into account, uh, other variables outside of those 15 measurements of unhappiness, like lifestyle, marriage, workforce status, he found the same age regardless of country or economic status, was the saddest age where you hit the most unhappy of your life. And it's right... 47, huh? 47 to 48. Jeez. Most uh. unhappy. And uh, in the article, they even use actors as an example. They use Ben Affleck. Wait, what? Who's been riding a wave of sadness, apparently, at the age of 47. Oh, so. my gosh. So just saying, listeners, if you're 47, you hang in there. You listen to the Doc G Show and take solace in the do fact it. that you're better than the people that create this show. You do it. Come on now. Come on. Okay, here we go. Next point. Dave, okay. praying mantises are better than all other insects in one particular way. Hmm. Oh, I want to hear how. All right. Praying mantis is the only, only insect... That can turn its head 180 degrees and scan its surroundings. No Whoa. other insect Whoa. can do so. Not a single really? one, Dave. Yep. 
They have a flexible joint between their head and their prothorax that enables them to swivel their heads. That's right. Which obviously makes it more difficult to sneak up on a praying mantis than any other insect. They can turn. Definitely. They can see if you're coming. That's what makes them extra creepy, too, you know? Because they always take pictures of them, giving you that cock eye. And that angle. What are you doing? What are you doing over there? All right, Dave, next one. Uh, Danish kids are so happy. You don't even know. Hmm. Nope, I don't care that the Danish kids are happy. (laughs) All right, guys. (laughs) Just a little clue for you. Go to US, U.S. News and reports. You'll find out why they're so happy. Okay. Dave, tuna fish are the greatest endurance swimmers ever. Hmm. Oh, you know this is an interesting point to me. Okay, here we go. Dave, tuna fish never stop swimming their whole lives. Word. Ever. Really? Whole lives. Always swim. They require 10 times the amount of water flow over the gills than other fish because they have such dense musculature. So to achieve this, they are always swimming to achieve that oxygen over their gills. Even when they are quote unquote sleeping, it's a little bit different than our sleeping. That's why I said quote unquote. But they're oh. still moving as they're doing it, Dave. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Jeez. Crazy. Sort of like our heart, you know? Never stops. Yeah. Always going. It's crazy. Always pumping. All right, Dave. Next one. Uh, before you ask Storm to shake hands, listeners, Storm's his dog, you better ask him which is his dominant paw. Hmm. Ooh, yes. Okay. Interesting point. And Dave, like humans, according to two studies, dogs and cats have a dominant paw that they prefer to do difficult tasks with. That's right. Mm-hmm. They have found that cats and Storm's dogs... Storm's right-handed. Yeah, do you know this? Are you sure? Uh, I'm just, like, thinking of how he does things, and he always does the right first. Okay. Okay, well... Or he, like, uses it to hold his toy down while he chews on it. Mm. It's always the right one. Well, interestingly, the cats and dogs, they're much more evenly split than us humans as far as left and right. Oh. Yeah, they're, the, they're on the 40-60 split, 50-50 split, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Dave, next Very interesting. Next one, it's better to be an obese smoker than lonely. Hmm. Oh, man. <laughs> Let's hear that one. Okay. <laughs> All right. Dave, researchers at the University of Chicago are working on a pill to help you not be lonely. That's right, a pill for loneliness. To make you more social. Yes. the Well, just to make you feel better about it. Not necessarily... About being unsocial. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> not making you more uh, social. Just not being worried that you're not being social. Uh, the pill is for the hormone pregnenolone. Pregnenolone. There we go. Preg- Whoa, you got that good. You got that down. Nope. Pregnenolone. Yeah, there we go. Pregnenolone. They, they found in an animal study that a single injection of the hormone normalized an exaggerated threat response in socially isolated lab mice, similar to the kind of hypervigilant, lonely 
uh, lonely people feel that makes them poor at reading other people's intentions and feelings. Mm. So it makes them not respond as crazy as they normally would, Dave. So true. Uh, <laughs> researchers say this is very important considering that the, these same researchers that are working on this uh, point out to some reference studies that have shown that loneliness is actually more detrimental long-term than obesity, physical activity, or polluted air. What? It's crazy. Crazy. Man, that's tough to swallow. Yeah, I know. I don't I don't know if I believe it, Dave. I don't know if I believe it. I, I mean, that's... Eh, I feel like they didn't factor in those other variables enough, you know? I don't know. Right. All right, Dave. Next one. There's a living frog RoboCop. Wait, what? Eh, who the f cares? It's a pretty interesting one, folks. If you want to check it out, University Vermont study with African clawed frogs. Go! Go! Dang. Wait, they made it a robot I frog? Can't, I can't tell you, Dave. You moved on. I can't tell you. Can't tell you. No. Nope. Hey, I... No, nope. no. Nope. I re, I rethought. Uh, mm -mm. Nope, you missed it. You got it. Nope. Mm -mm. You got to check it out. All right, what do I have to now. look up? African Robo Frog. Yeah. I have to Google that. <laughs> I feel like you're gonna find something really weird then. Anyways, Dave, there's next, there's a preferred point. way to eat your corn on the cob. Hmm. Eh. Nah. People can figure that out. All right. Okay. There's a reset switch in your central nervous system. Hmm. Okay, let's hear it. Dave, research from Isabel Scarsbrick. Uh, this could be super important, especially for folks suffering from diseases that deal with demyelination, um, like mm -hmm. MS and Alzheimer's. Uh, she found yep. that by genetically switching off a receptor activated by blood proteins named protease activated receptor one par one the body switches on regeneration of myelin say what dang yeah yeah and there That's is a crazy drug that is fda approved that has been found to inhibit the par one receptor and improves myelin production in cells However, she did oh. preface it in the interview. A lot more animal and human tests needed to be done before it can actually be recommended to patients for those diseases. But dang, we're we're close. Yeah, I mean that's big. I mean MS and and uh, Alzheimer's, crazy. Alzheimer's, yeah, crazy. Uh, okay, sweet. Next one, Dave. The part of your body that has the most. Sweat glands puts out about a pint of sweat a day. Hmm. Eh, who the cares? Okay, all right. Last one, Dave. Okay. Uh, Dave, there may be another magical pill to take instead of exercising. Hmm. Let's hear about it. Okay, researchers at Wayne State University have been looking at a group of proteins, Cestrins. Cestrins. The researchers Sestrin. have noted that the large amounts of cestrin build up in muscles following exercise. So in my studies, mm -hmm. these researchers found that when cestrin is overexpressed, the mouse's ability were much, much higher as far as aerobic ability than those with normal levels of cestrin. Hmm. Mice without cestrin lacked the aerobic capacity of the mice with cestrin. 
The researchers think that cestrins coordinate and turn off various metabolic pathways in the body. They have also shown that muscle-specific cestrin can prevent atrophy in a muscle that is immobilized. So they had cestrin put into muscles that were immobilized in a cast, and it did not atrophy. Jeez. That's crazy. Yeah. But they also said that it's still not understood how exercise produces cestrin, and they are not aware of the modulators of cestrin. So it's still a long way off of just pumping somebody full of cestrin and getting them all fit, you know? So you got a little bit of ways to go. But still, very interesting. One day. Still very (laughs) interesting. One day. We can only hope. We can all just not do anything. (laughs) Am I right? Am I right? There you go. Guys, we are going to take a break. We are going to hear from our guest of honor, Goodbye June, and we will be right back with Tyler Baker of Goodbye June, right here on the Doc G Show.
Welcome back to the show, everybody. Today, we are lucky to have lead guitarist of the fantastic band Goodbye June, Mr. Tyler Baker. Tyler, how's it going, man? Hey, what's up? Going well, man. Happy to be here. Fantastic, man. Um, so I uh, I have been a, a fan of, of Goodbye June, actually, for... Uh, for a couple of years, uh, made some solid tunes, man. But you, you, uh, Landon and Brandon, you guys have been jamming for what about fifteen years now, just playing together, right? <laughs> Word. Yeah, well, I mean, we're all cousins, mm -hmm. so it's that's a little deceiving. But yeah, I mean, we grew up playing music together, so we've been, we've been, um, yeah, we've been playing music <laughs> for quite a while now. I mean, as Goodbye June, like as like a real, you know, real live band, so to speak. Um, you know, 2009, 2012 yeah. was kind of when we got uh, cruising. Yeah. You know, things started getting a little easier, and then, uh, nice. Yeah, we got our first uh, released our first record in 2017. So it took a while, didn't it? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> well, it came together, man. Well, it, it, it is like you said; it's a little unique. You guys are all cousins, and uh, uh, you know, there are a lot of rock brothers. Not as many rock cousins. Oh. Like, you know, I think of rock brothers and I think of like, you know, volatile groups like like Black Crows and Oasis. Yeah. And then you're harmonious like uh, Kings of Leon and Almond Brothers and like Bee Gees. Yeah. With, with you guys, yeah. you seem to get pretty, uh, you get along pretty well. That's right. Have you had your volatile moments or for the most part, is it always you guys get along together? Yeah, I mean, we, you know, we, we, we all, uh, we can get emotional, you mm -hmm. know, there's different things. But, I mean, when it comes to the band and, and, uh, you know, recording and playing and stuff, I mean, yeah, man, we're, we're chill. We're all, we all respect each other and we all got each other's backs and we're trying to, you know, not only are we trying to, uh, you know, write and perform, uh, great rock music for ourselves i mean we're trying to also do it for our family if that makes sense you know oh yeah so so there's a little bit of a you know you're just trying to look out for your family yeah you know? and yeah. that's kind of that's what it feels like that's what it feels like so i think that's why it works so well with us is um like i said we just respect each other and got each other's back so yeah. Nice, nice. Well, for the listeners who don't know, I mean, I think most people that that follow the band know, but the the band originated uh, from from tragedy. Your brother passed away in a, in a car wreck, and that's uh, what brought Brandon and Landon sort of to your house and uh, and mm -hmm. really got you guys playing together. I I heard you in an interview talking about the the band that sort of got you interested in things, which was CCR. Um, yeah. What what drew you into CCR? Why? Uh -huh. how, what, what did you love about it? I don't know. Man. It's like uh, we were. I grew up in Southern Indiana, rural Southern Indiana. So um, it was just one day, man. I can remember I was young and. Um, pretty impressionable age and my me and my dad were driving somewhere in his old red dodge truck and born on the bayou came on mm -hmm. by ccr over the radio and uh dad turned it up real loud and had the windows down and that that opening guitar riff man just got me nice. and it kind of led me down you know me checking out their whole catalog and um yeah i mean my dad was always into classic rock so uh, he he was in a southern 
rock yeah. is what dad was into. So like Bad Company and uh, ZZ Top and uh, Creedence Clearwater. They were they were from California, but they still kind of had they had that swamp in them. They had so, the, the southern sound. Uh, Those it's sort of sort of like the Eagles, even though they're from Cali, they they still have a, a southern sound to them. Yeah. The, People say Southern Sound, man, but it's really just if you break it down. I mean, yeah, you might have an like you might have like an accent, but I mean, none of those guys really had accents. No, it was more about the soulful, uh, like blending of 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 country and blues. Yeah, you know, that's kind of what Southern means. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, definitely does, definitely does. Um, what what age did you uh, get your first guitar? And, uh, act, oh, and, and like, how did you actually, did you, were you self-taught? Did you go out and, you know, just start trying to play songs that you heard or how'd that go about? Yeah. My, my mom had, uh, she had an old, uh, I think it was a 1973, uh, 12 string guild, mm. which if there's any, any guitar players listening, uh, that was, uh, John Denver. That yeah. was his kind of his preferred 12 string and he played uh that on a lot of classic john denver tunes but mom had one and if anybody is familiar with that guitar that guitar is, has a massive neck yeah very like i mean it's like a, people talk about baseball bat necks like it was huge <laughs> so i was i was a kid and mom taught me uh house of the rising sun nice Sweet. and that was my first song, and she taught me just kind of how to pick the chords, yeah. and uh, she'd sing along with it, and I'd play, and um, we, I got to a certain point to where uh, I just I kept playing, and I kept getting really interested in everything, yeah. and I think mom, my mom and dad bought me a silver tone acoustic, nice, pretty uh, relatively cheap, uh, you know type guitar oh, but yeah. it played good and I, I learned a lot of stuff on it and then my first guitar uh, was a was a Alvarez Yari that I had bought uh, just handmade in Japan like really nice guitar I found it at a at a little bitty music store in um, southern Indiana and I paid paid for it with my own money from mowing graveyards I grew up mowing graveyards with my grandpa so nice. <laughs> that's what a, yeah I got that graveyard dough well, good yeah, yeah you so, gotta get it somewhere uh, yeah, that, man. That, that was my that was my first that was my first uh, guitar and then and man, so my first electric one so yeah, your, your, like mom, your mom your mom gave you the, the the info she 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 started you off on how to play yeah yeah, she planted. She yeah, she planted the bug. You know, she she gave me the the uh, the itch to learn more. And um, yeah, and after I still I still strum that song sometimes. It <laughs> takes me back to being a kid. Very nice. Very well. Now, yeah. uh, from what I can tell, uh, Brandon Landon uh, came up in much much more religious household. Hmm. When when you guys started playing together, were you playing Christian music? Or, or did you did you like try to sneak in some rock songs in there? <laughs> well, so when uh, you know you said that you know the band is together for fifteen years. Well, yeah. From two thousand from two thousand five when my brother passed till mm -hmm. about two thousand nine, mm -hmm. we were we were writing kind of uh, I wouldn't say I mean we were def we were 
kind of writing Christian songs. Like they were just all positive message songs right. and kind of along along the lines of like maybe Switchfoot, if you remember that band. Yeah, oh yeah. Like they were they were Christian, but yet at the same time they were just kind of all positive songs, you know. Yeah. And we were we we were in that zone, and it was always. In my opinion, it was a little awkward always, and it never felt right. It mm-hmm. never, it, it was all everything was just so tough, like yeah. you know, booking gigs and everything was so difficult all the time. And uh, and we did that for a couple of years, and then we moved to Nashville in 2009, and that's when we we uh, kind of let go of our former life, so to speak. Yeah, and we we start we started everything new. We started writing brand new songs. We started gigging out in bars and clubs, and um, we got our first uh, publishing deal. We did a co-pub with a company in town, uh, I think 2012 or 13, and that's when we became professional musicians. Yeah, and then from that, you know, got a manager and got a, you know, then we got our. uh, a record label and that's where magic valley came in 2017 so nice um, nice well I'll, yeah so i mean it, it's been a process it's been a transition and you can you can definitely hear some of that old um uh, where we come from i think in some of the music you know you know we're, we're just a rock band now and we have you know no, definitely not a christian you know rock band by any stretch but <laughs> you can still hear some of that old gospel you know yeah some of that gold influence in like a song or two every now and then, you know. For sure, for sure. Well, I want to, I want to get, I want to ask a couple questions about moving to Nashville. Uh, but, but first, I did want to mention, you know, I heard in, uh, in another interview uh, you talking about Landon and Brandon and uh, how they went to a Pentecostal school and they actually went uh, with the brothers that are in Kings of Leon. Mm. And uh, and the yeah. re- reason I bring that up is when I heard that, it, it it made so much sense to me why you guys sort of gravitate to the music you do and why Kings of Leon gravitated towards the music they did at the start of their career, too. Because, like, I was introduced to, like, music, uh, secular music, you know, at a very young age. I was listening to Dr. Dre in second grade, Sweet. and, like, I worked my right. way back to Zeppelin and Sabbath by the time that I was, like, in sixth and seventh grade. And because sure. because of that, I was almost exposed to it before I could understand the significance of it. And when I started thinking of, like, Brandon and Landon and how they heard this stuff later in life, later than that, they actually had the capacity to like be awe inspired by it. You know, they they heard right. Zeppelin and Hendrix, and they realized that sort of organic origin of rock, that sort of rawless form, and you know that's where they're sort of inspired to go in their music. And you know, I hear that when I hear Magic Valley, I hear it in there, and you know, I hear it in Youth and Young Manhood and Kings of Leon. You hear this sort of raw version of it because that's they they actually like i said they they had this ability it was this new thing to them like oh my god this is so amazing i I mean (laughs) yeah man i mean it's it's um yeah they they got to experience a lot of the classics uh as adults yeah Uh, i mean and that's special you know it's 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 and it's different because man those guys grew up 
And I mean, I grew up really religious too. I mean, you know, yeah. we didn't curse, we didn't have alcohol, but my, but I wasn't like, I wasn't going to hell if I if I was wearing gym shorts outside playing basketball. Yeah. Wait, what? Yeah. You know, whereas like Landon and Brandon, they were it was very very strict. Yeah. And and um, so they grew up obviously just listening to gospel music, and then when we moved to Nashville in two thousand nine, I mean, obviously they've heard you know things on radio stations. Yeah. But but they but they didn't know any of the deep cuts or you know any off collar music from you know the legends like Led Zeppelin, Jimi Hendrix. Like uh, we got we really got into a, a band uh, or an artist named Leon Russell. Yeah, who yeah. He he had written a lot with uh, Elton John and he he'd written a lot of great songs, but he never became that popular. But we got a, an old record called Will of the Wisp. And uh, it was my parents' record, and they let us borrow it, and I ended up giving it to Landon and Brandon. And um, that was a very special record because that was, uh, that was I thought, a legend that they, they truly got to experience for the first time as adults. Yeah. And they, we listened to that record, and uh, to anybody who doesn't know that record, you should check it out because it's, it's really special. Uh, it's, very, it's super musical. Mm-hmm. And... Leon has a, such a just a, a southern, just witchy, <laughs> uh, mysterious thing happening on that record yeah, that I think that's is, is pretty awe inspiring. It's, so, it's actually uh, funny. The, the listeners have gotten uh, two weeks of recommendation of, uh, of Leon. Because uh, la- last week I had John Paul White on, and I was asking him about uh, his favorite artist that recorded in Muscle Shoals. And he was thinking about it, and he's like, well, one that I've been listening to a whole bunch that I really just can't get enough of is Leon Russell. So yeah, it's uh, he's, he's definitely, I mean, he is, he is an artist's favorite for sure, too. Artists ex- uh, definitely appreciate the, the genius of Leon Russell for sure. Well, just if anybody out there is curious, like listen to some of his early stuff, or even let's just listen to his greatest hits record that's out there. Mm-hmm. And um, when you hear a young Leon singing, man, it's it's I mean it's straight up real raw rock and roll. And if you pay attention to like how he's singing, like you you hear you hear people like modern people like Caleb Falwell mm-hmm. or. J. Roddy Walston or like a ton of just a ton of people kind of oh, anybody's emulating them but it's it's that that uh, inspired soulful by. emotion yeah it's got I mean it's that soulful emotional expression that that everyone loves in their rock band and mm-hmm. Leon was doing it way back in the day it's so cool anyway alright we can move on <laughs> Leon's great Leon's great we all know it. Let's, it, let's move so on uh, <laughs> well you mentioned uh, you know moving to two, uh, to Nashville in 2009 which you were a little bit you guys were ahead of the curve there it's become a uh, you know, a destination for people to move to, man. It is so popular now. But uh, yeah, when you got there, and like you said, all of a sudden, this is you guys, no rules, no supervision, no expectations. How bananas did you guys go? How crazy did you get when you first <laughs> when they got there? Man, well, so we, we lived... Uh, downtown we had two condos me and my me and my girlfriend lived in uh, a small little studio mm-hmm. uh, kind of condo and then Landon and Brandon literally lived Landon and Brandon and I and one other buddy 
buddy lived in a condo uh, about god it was like two three blocks away mm-hmm. and we, we live right by broadway mm-hmm. so so dude we i mean I, I when i say i don't really remember a couple years of my life <laughs> it's it i you i literally don't remember much of like 2009 to 2000 13 it's very <laughs> oh. very very fuzzy so um <laughs> had, so had fun just, had I'll fun just, we'll just yeah man we'll just leave it at that but it's just it's, it was just too easy to go uh you know it's just too easy to make it to broadway yeah sounds like a song right yeah <laughs> so true yeah. well <laughs> i i uh, personally i can't handle too much crazy i need a pretty good you know the regular schedule you know but one of the things that i get Mm -hmm. excited about is food that's a fact i always love to ask suggestions from my guests as far as uh the best places to eat and now i i've eat i've 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 racked up we've had a lot of nashville guests on the show so i've racked up a lot of uh, suggestions i mean so far on the list we've got let's see uh, Martin's Barbecue, Two Boots Pizza, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Urban Grub, uh, of course sure. Hattie, Hattie B's and Prince's, um, yeah, River Riverside Grill Shack, uh, Pharmacy yeah. Burger, and uh, yeah. Moss Tacos. Those are the ones that we've got yeah. so far. Uh, what would you suggest? Would you suggest one of those? If I ask you, Tyler, I'm in Nashville. I, I've got one night to eat. Would you tell me one of those, or do you have something else that you would uh, you would well, suggest? Well, because you hit a couple a couple of my go tos, which is uh, pharmacy and my tacos. I live I live a couple blocks from those places. Nice. Uh, so I'm there all the time. <laughs> um, but so so you kind of hit some of the highlights. Yeah. But what I would add, what I would add to that as a little sleeper, it's a. Uh, it's north of town. It's mm-hmm. about 15 minutes north of town, and it's in I think it's in Goodlettsville, and it's Thai Phuket Two. Word. It's a it's Thai a Phuket uh, uh, Yeah, it's a Thai Vietnamese restaurant. Nice. So Thai. So there used to be two of them, but one of them went under. So now oh. only the second one remains. That's about to say, okay. And, it, <laughs> and so it's Thai Phuket Two. All right. And. Yeah, and just I'm telling you, man, you want to get some good Thai food, dude. It's it's uh, nice. some of the best in town, in my opinion. Nice. So, I got. Go. I got. There check you go. It. I'm very excited. I always get excited when I get a new a uh, new recommendation. I gotta I gotta start knocking these out faster than I get them. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I've only been knocking yeah. out like one or two because I usually only get to Nashville like once or twice a year. So I gotta I gotta start yeah. eating more while I'm there. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Now, now you guys, you were mentioning it, it took a while to uh, get to your major album release of Magic Valley, which mm-hmm. was in 2017. Now, you you released sure. sort of a, a you know a, a, an album before that with Nor the Wild Music Flow um, in mm-hmm. 2012, and you know. Going yep. back there, there's a, a a lot of good jams. Microscope, Lady Luck, Tent Revival. Um, yeah. When you wow. when you go back and listen to it now, those songs. What what do you, what do you hear? What does it make you think when you listen to that? I, I just I just hear I hear uh, I just hear 
couple guys. I mean, in the Wild West, just trying to figure out, just trying to figure something out. Yeah. To me, I mean, we had a lot of influences, and that that record. I'll, I'll tell you a story about that record after <laughs> after we, I finish answering the question. But there's so I, when I I hear that record, I think I think you hear uh, the beginnings of what we. Uh, where we found our comfort zone and where, what we enjoyed playing live yeah. and I think you hear like you hear songs like Man, uh, Man I Am and Shreds of Lightning yeah. um, and to me those make a lot of sense with what we're doing and then you hear like Lady Luck and you're like oh okay like I still love Lady Luck I want to re-record that song actually yeah um, but so um, that's what I hear uh, and the story about that record is so when we signed in 2017 to Interscope, yeah, for whatever silly reason, uh, Lord help us. I mean, freaking, uh, <laughs> we 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 uh, we gave them the rights to that record, and then they shelved um, it. What? And then they shelved it. Yeah. So you, there's, it's no longer you can you can no longer purchase that record um on any mainstream i mean teachers i've seen that record go for like 150 dollars on ebay that's that's what i thought but i wasn't sure i was actually gonna i was actually gonna ask you that uh because you know yeah. that was uh i can find videos of you guys performing live and and you know yeah. sort of studio sessions of the songs but uh yeah, yeah it's not it's not out <laughs> there for uh for consumption no, we Every now and then, when we, when we, if it's if we if we play microscope, it's a good night. We will do it at, at an encore, mm -hmm. and there'll be there'll be like three or four people that lose their freaking mind, <laughs> and everybody else is like, "What? What? Like, is this a cover? Like, what song is this? I, I don't know what song this is." <laughs> So, so it's, it's a it's a wild night if we if we uh, if we get into microscope. Nice. Well, I was gonna ask. You know, like you said, Magic Valley was your sort of major uh, label debut, 2017. Millions of streams yeah. on Spotify and Apple is featured in NFL programming and ESPN and yeah. Madden football. Yeah. And oh no, made it up to yeah. the 30 on the rock charts. Um, and it was mm -hmm. it was yeah. on, it was on Interscope, like you said. Um, mm -hmm. What was it like working with with Interscope? I mean, you already sort of uh, said a, a little bit about that as far as signing the the rights, as far as the first album. But uh, what was the experience, sort of, on the whole? Uh, hmm. on, well, on the whole, uh, I think I would call it a learning experience. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't have a, I mean, I don't have a lot. To, uh, uh, negative to say about it just because I just try to stay positive about stuff that right. I mean so uh, to answer that question I'll just w obviously they get they, they gave us um, uh, a great like start like straight from the starting blocks like they we we got a lot of opportunities we got um, uh, it was really good for the band yeah they put us on the board so to speak and kind of to start weaving us into rock culture you yeah. know which is which is really difficult to break into it's really sure. difficult to just be you know like anyway so so they got us on the board and they supported us and um you know then there was this there was this um you know six months to a year period where 
everything cooled off and no one no one seemed to be very happy with what we were doing and we weren't happy with what they were doing and mm-hmm. no one was um communication was really difficult mm-hmm. and uh it just it just fell apart and the guys who originally signed us to interscope had left the company mm-hmm. they were no longer there yeah so so everything just kind of kept getting more and more difficult and then we ended up leaving um we ended up leaving interscope yeah and uh we didn't know what we we're gonna do we didn't know if we were gonna go independent we were considering going independent and then the president from earache flew in and seen us at a show mm-hmm. well coming to see us and uh we heard he was coming in and and uh, we knew some about earache just because of rival sons yeah yeah uh that was that was their longtime uh record label right and uh so i mean dude he they walked right up to us and said hey we've we've known about you guys since since your first ep with interscope we love your band we think you know we just uh at that time rival sons had just went to atlantic so they just went to a major yeah and they said we you know we just lost rival sons we think you guys would be an incredible fit on our record label yeah and uh and then you know then you know flash forward a couple months and business 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 blah 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 <laughs> and we ended up we ended up signing with um earache which yeah. which they're a big in, independent i didn't realize how big like big they were how many uh Artists, and yeah, our artists that they have that they've championed over the years. Yeah. They were in the in the eighties and nineties. Man, they were like yeah, they were the they were the conduit of metal yeah. of, of of American metal to Europe for sure, for sure. Like they had they had misfits. They had a ton of. But anyways, um, yeah. So that, that's that's how that came around. I mean, Interscope was. Uh, it was a means to an end, you know. Nice. It got us on the board. It, it got is it's a stepping stone in our journey. And I, you know, if asked if I do it again, um, I think I would. I might do a couple things different. I'd probably, you know, not give them the rights to our first record. But you know, <laughs> <Nope>. other than that, <laughs> you know. But hey, but but anyway, don't let's not get too hung up on that because I think you know that'll probably end up coming back to us anyway. So it, well, it, there I'm- won't be any love. I'm I'm always I'm always interested in asking because uh, I you know I watched the interview with uh, Dan from the Black Keys on uh, the Joe Rogan podcast and uh, yeah. you know he he talked about the the pitfalls of sort of the the major uh, labels and you know I agreed with a lot of what he said but at the same time it's sort of like what you said I'm like well. Sometimes you got to make that step. If you don't make that step with them, then you're just going to sort of, you know, wait in mediocrity the whole time and no one's ever going to hear you. And they've, they've, I mean, right. it's unfair, but they've also got the keys to the, uh, key, keys to the kingdom, so to speak. But anyway, yeah. Let's uh, l- let's talk a little bit about touring. You guys have had a bunch of epic tours. Uh, you actually just got back from touring yeah. Europe with uh, Greta Van Fleet. Um, yeah. What What's your favorite place? Seeing as how you've uh, gone to Europe a whole bunch of times, uh, what's your favorite yeah. place to visit in Europe? Favorite place to visit? Well, that's a different question than favorite place to play. Yeah, yeah. So, favorite one of my favorite places to if i had to pick if i had to pick like only one favorite place mm-hmm. to play and visit it's probably stockholm nice sweet, sweet. Yeah. i love that i love that town i love um 
everybody's real kind and they're uh, great rock music fans and stuff. But I mean, if, if I could only play, uh, and this is right now, you know, is uh, I mean, like Hamburg, Germany, mm-hmm. uh, Berlin, Berlin, Munich, like Germans are crazy for some rock and roll. <laughs> That's right. That's true. That is very true. Yeah, we did, we did a we did a headlining tour um, over there, and um, Community End had just come out. Yeah, and. Uh, we had we had a couple hundred people packed into this small, tiny little room mm-hmm. in the basement of a, of a club, you know, and it was just packed, shoulder to shoulder. And we went into Darwin, which is on Magic Valley, yeah. and uh, Landon didn't even really have to sing. Like, he literally <laughs> just, uh, the crowd was so loud and it was so on top of us that I don't even know if Landon could sing because it was so loud. So <laughs> we just we just we just kinda played the song and let them sing it and everybody was just going crazy and chanting and it was nice. it was a memory I'll never forget. It was it was, yeah. it was I knew it I knew instantly I knew at the moment. I was like, this is a moment I'll never forget. Awesome so, man. Um, yeah, so so Germany is always rad, man. And there's I mean Europe overall, I mean uh UK is really growing for us a lot. Yeah. Um and it's really comfortable over there. Like when you go to when you go to uh, England, it's I mean it's it's just like polite America. Word. You know, <laughs> it's like I mean it's kind it's kind of like the south. It's kind of like all through the south, except with better grammar and, and a touch more pol- and a touch more politeness. I got it. I got it. I, I can. Yeah. I can definitely. <laughs> right. I can definitely see that. Um, yeah. <laughs> so so a lot of times when you guys go on tour, you actually uh, bring a former Doc G guest, uh, Jacob Thomas Jr. Along as your yeah. uh, basis. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Now, what I find interesting, like your cousins, he actually he came from a really religious family. His dad is actually yeah. a fairly famous preacher in uh, Louisiana, and Jacob quit yeah. preaching to go to Nashville to play music. I'm I'm guessing you guys have have talked about that before. I mean, sort of. <laughs> Related no, to each no, other? It, it, you know, it's never came up. I, I don't know. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> yeah, I, no, man. He, he He's cut from a similar cloth. We are, I mean, I think uh, in the sense of uh, his background. Yeah. And... I just yeah, and he's a, he's a, he's a great dude, great musician. He's a great hang, and yeah. um, he's a, he's a great artist in his own right. In my definitely, so, definitely. Um, Whiskey yeah, roller so coasters a jam. Um, yeah. So, like I said, lots of different bands: Greta Van Fleet, ZZ Top, at the top of that list. I wanted to ask you specifically about those two because uh, Greta Van Fleet. It seems like everybody sort of in the rock world has to weigh in on their opinion you know and at first first it was like everybody was just like oh zeppelin knockoffs and like now some people are backing off and saying oh you know what they're great for rock and roll and this is why i personally love their music i wanted to know like what you think about them and since you've done like several tours with them have you ever Mm -hmm. sort of seen that that pressure that they uh, if they feel a pressure with that firsthand i mean those guys um i don't like i don't particularly like speaking about other artists like and and, like try to like convey their opinions of themselves or whatever because i don't know really but from, from what i've observed and i mean we're we're buddies with those guys like they they the story of goodbye june and greta van fleet goes back to 
we were doing our own headlining show in Indianapolis mm-hmm. uh, years ago. Is us and Bad Flower. Mm. If you know Bad Flower, yeah. Bad Flower freaking has. They've had a couple number ones now. Oh yeah, it was us. It was us and them doing a co-headlining tour. And um, this band that we had no idea who they were, they called us and said, hey, we're coming through. Uh, we'd like to be on your bill. And, you know, we didn't know them from nothing. Like, what? Who? <laughs> you want to be, you want to, you want to, you want to play tonight? Yeah. And it was literally, it was literally, I think within maybe like a week or, or a couple days yeah. of getting on the bill. And, uh, and we didn't know anything about them. And we come in and they're sound checking and... We're like, holy crap, these guys, they were kids back then. Yeah. They were like, I don't think any of them were 21. Yeah. None of them could, none of them could even drink. (laughs) And so we, I mean, we were backstage trying to have beers and, and, uh, anyway, well, I'm not going to tell that story, but but anyway, so (laughs) we, we were all hanging out and, and they're just really genuine, good. Yeah guys yeah. and they, they were they were so passionate about music it was the I feel, I feel like it's the only thing they've known and loved and it's something that unites them and they take it very very seriously and they 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 practice constantly mm-hmm. and it's inspiring Definitely. like to see it and i um you know i don't really weigh in on the whole love them or hate them from my experience they've always been freaking a bunch of rad dudes that yeah uh, I like hanging out with and and dude, you just everybody that hates on them, they should just go to a show. Yeah, and that's true. If they if they leave that show feeling the same way that they walked in feeling, then well, they won't. I promise <laughs> you, they won't. So so you know so I mean, I just kind of shrug my shoulders and I try not to get into that stuff. But yeah. I, I believe in them and I and I support them nice. and I'm happy about all their incredible success. I For mean, sure, dude. We went, we played, we did a tour with them when they were in, their van looked worse than our van. <laughs> I mean, and, uh, yeah, we did a, we did a little tour run with them. I think, uh, maybe seven or eight shows or er, really early on. I think Highway Tune had just been released mm. and, uh, there was a couple hundred people every night and, um, we go back with those guys so now they always invite us out to like shows and yeah when they uh and and we hang out with them and it's like we just we just got to hang out with them at the municipal in at uh in nashville and we were looking around i said yeah a little ways away from johnson city <laughs> <laughs> yeah they, they, <laughs> they've definitely made it away since uh opening for you guys there in bad flower that's for sure they've uh they've made headway well the funny, dude, I got the. It's one of my favorite show posters. Um, it's it's hanging on my wall. It's bad flower misspelled, <laughs> uh, miss miss done, and then it's goodbye June and Greta Van Fleet. And I'm I'm like, uh, I mean, it's just that's it. That's no a- one knew. No one knew. No one knew what was happening that night. I think everybody just like no one like that. <laughs> and I think I think the ticket. I think the ticket price was like ten bucks. I think. That that's a so. that's a lucky show right there. That actually reminds me. I was I was talking to uh, Blackstone Cherry, and uh, I told them the first time I saw them was with Hailstorm and Shinedown, and uh, yeah. I had never heard of Hailstorm or Blackstone Cherry at the time. And when I saw uh, Izzy or uh, 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 Lizzie start singing, I was like, "Holy crap!" 
who is this? Yeah. <laughs> this, yeah. This is good. I had no idea. I'm sure those folks yeah. that came to that concert were like, when Greta Van Fleet came out, like, holy crap, who is this? This yeah. is, I wasn't expecting yeah. this. Um, Lizzie's, a, Lizzie's a monster, dude. Yeah. She is. She's, uh, I think uh, she's, uh, we played, we got to actually open for a hailstorm randomly. We were doing our own tour through Europe and, uh, our tour paths kind of collided and we, we, we just ended up opening for them. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I got to see their full set and dude, Lizzie's a monster. I mean, Joe's a monster. I mean, everybody in that band, pretty, pretty incredible. Yeah. But uh, obviously Lizzie's just a force, you know, up there. It's uh, it's some singing like you wouldn't believe. Uh, I mean, I, I, I remember when she performed with Eric Church at the uh, CMAs, and uh, I think she just like blew everyone in the country world away with that. This <laughs> was like everybody yeah. came away from that, like, who was that? That was insane. Right, so true. Um, yeah, exactly. But you, you, you mentioned that the the moment in Germany that you experienced, and I wanted to ask you about one other moment back uh, February twenty second, two thousand seventeen. You played the the Ryman uh, opening for ZZ Top and I heard you talking about that uh, in another interview and you said you know you were on stage and you started looking around and you almost you said you started almost started tearing up just looking at the yeah. situation what, what, what were you yeah. thinking about then what you know what was uh, what, what do you remember from that hmm. Man, I, I did tear up. I don't know if I said it in the interview or not, but I I, I, I wasn't I, I was tearing up. Yeah. Uh, man, I, it was just special, man. I seen living uh, in Nashville since two thousand nine. I, I seen so many really incredible shows at yeah. the Ryman, and, and in my opinion, it's it's my favorite place to sit and enjoy music. Yeah, because uh, every every band I've ever heard in there sounds incredible. Mm-hmm. Um. And just the fact that I got to play on it and that stage and just being, I don't know, just my boots on that hardwood looking around at my cousins. And we were playing, at the time we were playing a song called Fear of Jesus. Uh, It's the last song song on Magic Valley. And it's um, a very important song because it kind of tells kind of tells the story of Goodbye June uh, a little bit. It's a little little autobiographical. And... uh, and uh, we were playing that song, man. I was just looking around, and I'm like, "Well, if it ends today, it's it's been a rad it's been a rad ride, you know." And it's sure. kind of one of those moments where you just where I just sit and appreciate, um, and then just really seeing you know my family up there, yeah, crushing it and giving everything they got, yeah. And I just kind of I guess proud would Definitely. be the would be the word. So. Definitely, yeah. Definitely. Well, something else probably made you proud. Probably a great moment. Uh, happened about actually nine months right after that. Pretty special. Uh, you became a dad. Um, I did. Yeah. Indy Baker. Uh, that's yeah. that's a big change. What's it like being being a dad and a rock star? It seems like a delicate mix. <laughs> I mean, man, you if you know if you know. I mean, when I go on stage, I put on a little bit of. Uh, of a, a little bit of a persona or vibe, you know. Yeah. I mean, I just it's it's fun, you know. It's it's, but I just am who I am. Mm-hmm. Um, all the other times, obviously, I just I am who I am. If you ever meet me or or you see me at a merch booth or you hear me on an interview, it's like 
I'm the same guy. That's, yeah. So I don't. I try to. I try to take that with my daughter, and uh, I don't. I don't. I don't know, man. Like <laughs> uh, it's it's it, it's challenging because I'm away. Yeah. A, a lot, but at, but at the same time, like right now, I mean, we haven't. We're writing. You yeah. know, everybody's just kind of uh, writing for the third record. So I get to sit home and strum guitar, and my little daughter runs around and. You know, makes makes a mess and wants chicken nuggets. You nice. know, I mean, who so doesn't? It's, you know, it's it's, <laughs> it's 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 a it's a wonderful time. I think right now is a time in my life that uh, I've realized that I have to really enjoy because yeah. I think I'm going to miss it. Yeah, I think this is a very special era in my life where you know the bands we're on our second record we're starting to do our own headlining tours and uh, i have this you know family at home and yeah. it's uh, it's I'm, I'm i'm blessed i guess is the, is the right word to say so, nice or lucky nice well <laughs> let, let, let's talk about that second album uh because it's out what's what's making the rounds on on radio and on on streaming services uh community in came out uh october 26 a uh, lot of awesome jams on there free child might be my favorite actually secrets in the sunset uh rolling uh rolling off tongue uh very good jams uh you guys worked with bobby huff on this album yeah and it seems like you mm-hmm. really clicked with him what what, what what did you really enjoy about working with bobby that was sort of different from the other producers and whatnot that you've worked with well um uh, I'll preface that question with uh, we loved working with Paul Moog on yeah. Magic Valley. Uh, we he he kind of he um, he he was get, gets down in the trenches with you, and, and we kind of as as a unit uh, discovered and expanded on uh, a lot of things that Goodbye June was good at. If that makes sense, like yeah. a lot of like we kind of discovered the the meat and potatoes of what Goodbye June is with Paul. Nice. And uh, so I would never disparage Paul. He's a, he's an incredible person and still a great friend. And we still every now and then we still write with him. But he he actually has he co-wrote uh, Joan and Dylan and Natural yeah. on Community Inn. Nice. So we still have a very good relationship with Paul. He's a great guy. Any young artists out there uh, or any artists in general uh, listening, uh, Paul Moak is would, is incredible to work with. Anyway, yeah. okay, so. <laughs> Going forward to Bobby Huff on yeah. Community Inn, dude, we we just we left Interscope and uh, we uh, wanted to get music out quickly. And we knew Bobby, and we had we had co-written actually a song with him called "Secrets in the Sunset." And uh, we had all lo- we all loved that song. Um, yeah. And so I, I I called Bobby. I was getting advice because he'd been in bands in the past. Yeah. And um, he he's been around the music business for a long time. Mm-hmm. And um, and just through our conversation, he's he's like, dude, he's like, I got you guys. He's like, let's do let's do an EP or let's cut some songs. Yeah. And you know, in this business and in life, kind of in life in general, when an opportunity like that just kind of comes up and punches you in the face, you you need to. What I've learned, at least, is you you roll with it. Yeah. So you see where that you see where it leads, you know. For sure. And. So we started, um, you know, putting an EP together. We started recording, and uh, that we, we actually released an EP called "Secrets in the Sunset," and yeah. we went on tour with with Greta Van Fleet mm-hmm. through Europe on that EP. And then we come back home, and we were thinking about 
you know, second record. What are we going to do? Blah, blah, blah. And Bobby just stood up and was like, dude, I got you guys. He's like, let's <laughs> do it. I, what? Uh, uh, you know, and so so it just kept happening. And uh, Bobby's just such a great spirit. And he's so positive. And he's he's uh, a blast in the studio. And he's, he's a multi-instrumentalist. Uh, he's a fantastic drummer. He's a fantastic singer. Um, and he, he just, he's, he's a great musical confidant mm-hmm. and, and dude, you know, before we knew it, we were looking at 12 songs, uh, and the name community in came later. We were, we had a different record or record name in, in mind, but, uh, then, uh, I forgot who coined community in, I think it was Landon mm-hmm. and, uh, we're like, dude, that's such a great record name. Let's do it. <laughs> you know, yeah. and it makes sense with all the, with all the songs. Right? So, um, to answer your question, working with Bobby House is great. He's, a he's a great energy. He's a, he's this little, uh, uh, I don't know, this little spiritual force behind the console, man. And it's just like you, he's positive and smiles. He knows how to push you and, um, just a great spirit, great energy from that guy. Yeah, for sure. And I mean the the album I think I think that the album shows off some of that that spirit. You yeah. know, it, it shows off uh uh the 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 good time that was had by writing the album, I think. I think you can uh you you can feel it a little bit in the uh in the songs for sure. And I really like the uh <laughs> I like the Instagram uh post that you put on of the group chat there. Where, where you were group chatting with him and you were like, oh, I, th- I think this is, we had a great time writing this album. And I forget who said it, but they were like, I did not have a good time writing this album at all. Yeah. <laughs> right. Probably, probably sounds like, sound like Landon. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but um, so you've got a, a, a lot of good things coming up for 2020 uh, festivals, performances. Next here, uh, next uh, couple of weeks, you got Ship Rock, uh, which is mm-hmm. uh, your first time doing ship rocked uh yeah you're going out with a a doc g show alumni blackstone cherry uh have you ever done any cruise boats before have you done that kind of deal before no this is our first time oh man man so i mean Mm -hmm. i I guess it's a positive opinion on the whole idea as uh just as an idea um from from most of the people on the show i've i've heard good things so so hopefully you you come, yeah. come back with a, a, a still a good opinion of it. Um, yeah, yeah, I hope so. Well, I'm I uh, I think everybody else will be uh, fine. I have crazy motion sickness. Oh no! Like I have to oh, sit, no. I have to sit in the front, you know, the front of the bus or van. Like if we do go through anything uh, like turny or like or or. Um, you know mountains or anything yeah. like, i gotta sit in front so mm. so i've already ordered some you know some some motion sickness stuff i'm gonna start you know, okay doing my thing and well, getting, you know I'll, I'll do the best i can but, ju- just advice uh, don't overdose yeah. on the dramamine because i've done that before where i took more than the recommended dose it will put you out you will not be awake for yeah. your concerts you will not be able to wake yourself yeah. up it is a, a powerful yeah. force for that side so true um <laughs> but but along with uh um uh, ship rock you've also in may you're actually coming down this way uh you've got uh rockville in Daytona Beach, which is uh, is yeah. an awesome, awesome show. Uh, anything else you want to bring up to the listeners as far as what's on schedule for 2020 
for Goodbye June? Hmm. Well, uh, yeah, we're doing um, a run of festivals. Um, we're doing uh, Epicenter. I think that's it. Uh, you got to help. We just booked them all, so I, it's a little. I think it's in Raleigh, yeah, North Carolina. So, mm-hmm. so that might be close enough for some a couple folks. Oh sure. Um, and then yeah, welcome to Rockville. And then we get to one in Columbus uh, called uh, Con- Sonic Temple, Concord, South and- Carolina. That's where Epicenter is. Concord. Oh, there, there you go. There yeah. you go. Mm-hmm. Um, so even and then closer. We're do- yeah, there you go. So, uh, yeah, doing some festivals, and then we're going to do some festivals overseas in Europe. And yeah. then um, we're hoping, uh, just kind of depending on how everything shakes out, we're, we're going to do another headlining tour through Europe awesome. uh, at some point this year. And then uh, some U.S. dates. We'll see. There's some things cooking. There's some, um, some uh, you know, Goodbye June might be supporting a band, a big band um, this year in the United States. We'll see. We don't nice. know yet. So, nice. Uh, yeah, so we'll announce it as soon as as soon as we can. Yep. And um, well, you mentioned yeah, things cooking, and you mentioned it before. As far as the writing, uh, I'm guessing you guys are the the new album wouldn't be out in 2020, correct? Uh, as far as what you're writing on, it would be no, down no, the road. Lord yeah. No. Nope. <laughs> it, yeah. No. It, I, I have no idea. We are totally solely focused on community and I probably shouldn't even say we're writing, but we're you're always writing. You know, as oh, a yeah. musician and as a as a music you know lover. I mean, well, you, just we write music all the time. But um, so yeah, we're we're kind of gathering some riffs and gathering some material and dreaming on what you know the sounds of the next record and where we want to go, but. I mean, we're riding Community in for for a while. So, no, it's it's a fantastic uh, album. It should be, you know. But uh, I, one other thing I wanted to ask you about, uh, I saw I saw this in a, an interview you're talking about as far as those uh, festivals. I mentioned uh, Japan and how you've been getting you got a lot of requests to play Japan. Uh, yeah. Did you ever, uh, you know, pursue that any further? Are, are you guys still no, looking not, to, to play Japan? Well, we, we would love to. Yeah, of course. I mean, that's a that's a dream location. Like Japan and Australia, we get a lot of love from both of those places. Yeah. Um, n- nothing yet, man. I mean, I think I think uh, you know Europe and United States for a little while. Of course. And uh, but dude, dude, it could all change tomorrow, man. You never know. You never like, know. That's how that's how this business works. That's how my my life works. Just, <laughs> you never know. You never know what's going to happen tomorrow, man. So uh, I love it. Yeah, we. Yeah, yeah, we'll we'll make it we'll make it to our eastern brethren before long. Awesome, man. Awesome. Well, Tyler, we are up against a break, man, but I want to thank you for taking so much time with us today, man. It's been awesome. Of course, man. It's my pleasure. And, um, dude, thanks for having us. Thank yeah. you, uh, all the lo- loyal listeners out there. We yes. love you, and thank you, for, uh, thank you for supporting rock and roll. All right, listeners, you can check out all things Goodbye June at goodbyejune.com. You can follow them on social media at Goodbye June. Right now, let's take a listen to Secrets of the Sunset off Community Inn by Goodbye June right here on the Doc G Show. The secrets in the sunset The lies are in the waves And we ain't seen the worst yet And it's just too late to change Early morning blue spirit I was shaking in my head Tommy's got the good news Thank you. 
And we are back here on the Doc G Show. That was Tyler Baker from Goodbye June, and that was Goodbye June that you heard. Fantastic, Dave. Great guys. Oh, yeah. Great guys. Love it, man. Great music. Good times. Hope they come back Thanks on the show. Thanks for coming on, guys. Yeah, yeah. I hope when they come down to Florida next time, they stop by the studio. That's right. And do some jams, maybe. Who knows? Who knows? Get lit. Work. It's it's wide open. Next time I come up to Nashville, it's a little bit of Ty Fook at two is what's going down. That's what's going down, Dave. I'm not a not huge on Vietnamese. I'm pretty big on Thai. Not huge. Vietnamese is all right. Shout out to Lily. Shout out. The Vietnamese connection. Pat. She knows. There we go. She knows. All right. Uh, and she's a listener, Dave. She is a dedicated listener. Oh, I know. Sh- shout out to she Lily. She loves it. Okay. Dave, you ready? Last birthday suit. This one's important to me, Dave. Word. Very important person. Uh, okay. Born on January 22nd, 1931 in Clarksdale, Mississippi. He was the fifth of eight children of Reverend Charles Cook. Hmm. In 1933, their family moved to Chicago. When he was only six, he and his siblings started a singing group called Singing Children. You gotta admit, it's a pretty inventive title, am I right, Dave? It's how they oh, come man. how they come up with that. It's crazy. That's good. In 1950, he became the lead singer of the gospel singing group The Soul Stirrers. Uh, which if the listeners have a chance, go back to listen to some of their jams. Very soulful indeed. So true. A few years later, after that, our birthday suit wearer started to sing more pop-driven songs. And from 1957 to 1964, our birthday suit wearer had 30 U.S. top 40 hits, including Dang. You Send Me, Another Saturday Night, Cupid, Chain Gang, Wonderful World, Twisting the Night Away, and Change. Our, sadly, our birthday suit wearer was killed in 1964 in a strange incident at a motel in California. His funeral was attended by many more, or, or more than 200,000 fans that lined the streets of Chicago. Ray Charles sang, The Angels Keep Watching Over Me at the Funeral. In 1986, our birthday suit wearer was admitted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in the first class of members. First class to be admitted. He was in it. That's right. Name that Damn. birthday suit wearer. Hmm. Dang, I feel bad. I don't know who this guy is. Ugh. It's all right. It's all right. Not, not too many people. Well, a lot of people know him, but uh, they might not be able to call him out. You'll know when I say the name. Sam Cook. <laughs> Sam Cooke. Yes, indeed. Without a doubt, my favorite soul singer. I have no problem saying it, Dave. No problems. Favorite soul singer. I often often say, Dave, if there's anybody that I could sing like, it would be Sam Cooke. That's a fact. If anybody... If anybody, I, hey, if I could sing like anybody, it'd be Sam Cooke. If I could talk like anybody, it'd be Morgan Freeman. Mm-hmm. What a combo, oh, am yeah. I right? Oh, my if you God. had both of those pipes. Name oh, name me a better singing, talking combo. I'll wait. It's not going to happen. <laughs> I, can't, I can't. No. I can't. Nope. No. It's pretty amazing. I mean, if I had a female voice, it'd be Sarah McLaughlin that I would want to sing like. Mm. I'm not really sure. Yeah. I, I haven't decided the, the talking voice. 
It was a tough. That'll be for next week. It's a tough debate. Allison Krauss or Sarah McLaughlin. I really, they're both very angelic. Also, Aretha Franklin. Those three. That's tough. Hmm. It's tough. In the in, but in guys, not tough. Sam Cooke. End of the debate. That's it. That's it. Just so smooth, so beautiful, so emotional. Sam Cooke. My goodness, I get fired up with Sam Cooke. He would have been 80, <laughs> 89 today, Dave. Oh, 89. Man. Yeah. R.I.P. Lives on, Dave. He lives on in my living room. Big poster of him in my living room in my house. It's, it's true. Also have a shirt of Sam Cooke. Love him. But, Dave. We got to end the show, man. We got to end the show. It has been a great one. We've got great shows coming next week. David Perdue. But until then, I've been your host, Doc G. With me, as always, the one, the only, Dave Burles Berlin. Good night, everybody. Uh, And until next week, zip it up and zip it out. Zippity-doo-dah.